theyeshiva.net. We'll start a new Maimer today. It's page 123, or Samach Bey's second column. On the top it's going to say, Drushim L'Rosh Hashanah. Page 123, Shir Hamalus Hashem. So, a that relates to Aserus uh, Yimei Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, the whole season of Elul and Tishrei, Yomim Neiroyim. And therefore, it begins with the capital of Tehillim, which is, of course, chapter 130, Tehillim Kuf Lamed, which, uh, as you know, the Minig of the Arizal that has been embraced by most Kehillahs, that during Aser Simei Tshuva, we say, Shir HaMalas Mimamakim Krosicha Hashem every day, before Baruch after Yishtabach, Rosh Hashanah, and then Aser Simei Tshuva, and Yom Kippur. Why was this Mizmer chosen? Shir HaMalas Mimamakim Krosicha Hashem. Well, the Mizmer also speaks about atonement, Kim Chaslicha Laman Tivorei, here he's going to discuss a deeper dimension of what this Mizmer conveys. So that's why he begins with the Pasuk Shir Hamalus Me'omakim This Mimer, this discourse was said by the Alter Rebbe, by the Balatanya in the year Tovkuf Nun He, which means 1794. It was Tishrei time probably, so therefore I say 1794, even though it was the new year of Tovkuf Nun He. This is Tehillim Kuf Lamed, as I said, 130 of Tehillim. So he says, The Pasuk doesn't say, In Diktuk of Lashen Kodesh, it's a Lashen Mafil. There's oimek means depth. So pasuk amoik amoik miyim tseenu deep deep. Maamek is you make depth. You cause there the deep depth. You create depth. Oisa oimek mi maamakim from that which is maamek that which creates depth. Misham from there from that which is oisa oimek from there I call out to you Hashem. Vuniska leimer basayisemetshuv. And as it's brought in Kisvei Arizal, this was instituted to be said during the ten days of Tshuva from Rosh Hashanah through Yom Kippur. Now there's a bracket here. These are footnotes from the Tzamach Tzedek, where he basically references where this Pesach is explained everywhere in Chazal, both in terms of Nigla and Nister. The way he's explaining Amakim, is that different than the word Min HaMetzar, for example? L'cha'ira, yeah. Yeah. So he says, Begemara, you have this Pasuk in Brachas and Tainus and Medrash Rabbah Vayikra and Shirah Shirim and Kehelis Rabbah in Zoyer and Mikdash Melech and Ramaz. Now, this is before Google, before Oitzer HaChachma, so don't take this for granted. Everywhere that this Pasuk is explained, in, in Nigla or Nister, the Tzamech Tzedek references, because that's how he, uh, he wanted to always give an encyclopedic, full comprehensive coverage of every Pasuk. Okay. We go now at, at the end of the brackets, one, two, six lines later, for one, two, three, four, six lines later. Key. V'chol hashanah ha'adam ha'elech ha'chashrirus libe kamashakasav kipano elai o'erif. 
what's the connection of this Mizmer to the whole year? So he starts an explanation. A whole year a person may follow Shvirus Liba. Shvirus Liba is of course an expression that we just learned in the beginning of Nitzavim. According to the uninhibitedness of the heart. As the Pasuk says, Yirmi says, They turned their back to me. They turned their back to me. In other words, this doesn't mean physically you turn your back. It means emotionally you're not interested in me. We're not, we're not connected in an enthusiastic way. That's Kipanu Eli Oirev. They turned their back. Every single day, every day, every soul becomes close to Hashem and becomes sublimated, elevated each day more. What happens Yom Kippur? Throughout these days, until the crescendo, the zenith, the peak on Yom Kippur, all in the souls of the Jewish people become with Hashem, panim b'panim, face to face. Unlike the panu elai oirif, which is face to back, or back to face, or back to back, it's panim b'panim. Vuhu machmas rotsen. It's always about rotsen. Shiritsoinu shal kal adam liskarav al Hashem yizbarach b'bchinas panim. That there's the rotsen of a person to come close to Hashem, face to face. It's about rotsen. In other words, the difference of back to back and face to face Physically, I could be looking at you, I could not be looking at you. Emotionally, what it represents is, you can't really be with your back to God, because Moloi Chalar, it's So, So what's what's say to you with your back? It's not like a person I could turn away to, and I go away from you. That's why he says it's Machmas Ratzin. The question is where your desire is, where your passion is, where your enthusiasm is. It's a famous marshal that he brings elsewhere. If a person, the marshal, has to pay severance pay, to an employee who uh, manipulated him or damaged the business or whatever, they have they have some beef between each other. But the court says, or the rabbi says, you got to pay him. So he may come in every Friday for his check, but you don't want to give it to him face to face, you give it to the secretary. Or if you have to give it to him, you think, <coughs> it's a little expression, you throw it over your back. In other words, you're not interested in giving it with, with enthusiasm, with passion. You give it because you're forced to give it. So there's a relationship back-to-back, which means people could be connected to each other. But they're not passionate about each other. They don't care for each other. There's no ruts in there. There's no desire there. It's a compelled relationship. It's, it's robotic. It's like, you know, it's mechanical. It's mitzvah sanashem There's no ruts in So it's not ponem b'ponem. It's called achirayim. Your back is directed to me. You may be right near me, but it's Panu Elayarif. He says, What the Kudav Asarisim Echuva is that these are times that are invested with an energy that compels the soul to enter into an intimate, face to face relationship with the, with the Rebbeinu Shalom. Now, when you say about times of the year, it's just important as a Yisai to understand that the way the Hashkafa of Yiddishkeit is not that holidays are ceremonial. Meaning, different times of the year, you have different holidays to commemorate things. Because what's the difference between one day and another day? You know, the clock moves and ticks and doesn't stop for anybody. And, uh, okay, so here you make a Hanukkah, you make a Purim, you make a Tubishvat, you make a Pesach. First day of Tishri, you make a Rosh Hashanah, the tenth day you make a Yom Kippur. So it's holidays, yeah. Somebody once said he used to be an atheist, but he stopped because they don't have any holidays. (laughs) 
you know, what, what atheists don't have holidays. What are you going to celebrate? You know, the random, uh, the random evolution of fifteen point three billion years. What are you celebrating? Nothing ever happened. <laughs> so he said, so if he became religious, he wanted latkes. Okay, maybe it's not such a joke. Maybe it's true, huh? They don't celebrate the Big Bang. <laughs> There's nothing to celebrate. What are you going to celebrate with the Big Bang? <laughs> so, and when, when, when are you going to celebrate Rosh Hashanah? <laughs> when are you going to celebrate the Big Bang? <laughs> but in Yiddishkeit, the Pshat is different days are invested with different qualities. That's why throughout Chumash, Yom Tov is called Mikra Kodesh. It's a very strange expression, Mikra Kodesh. It calls out. It, the day calls out. It's a mikra. It summons. It summons you to holiness. Days are invested with different qualities. The seventh day of the week has a certain energy, a certain quality. The time has a certain energy. Elul, Tishrei, Sukkot. The time is invested with certain properties, with certain energies. So when he says on the kol echad v'echad neskarev, what, what are you saying about uh, this is a halacha? Everyone is neskadav. We know different people have different experiences. Some people are neskadav. Some people, the, 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 the energy of the year, it's a time that the time is invested with that quality. That somebody whose antennas are sensitive to the energy of the time and sensitive to their own souls, the soul is then on a journey of kiruf. It's, it's, it's part of the quality of the time. And what is the kiruf? To become ponem beponem. You wanted to say something? There was a Dumsky you said many months ago. Ah, Mikrakhaidishla. The Farish Lima, yeah. Vihine, now to explain this, this is his intro. For this you have to understand what is a Nishama, what are Nishama Sisra? You say the word Nishama. Nishama of Yisrael, Nishama Yisrael, the souls of Yisrael. What is this? That's the question he raises in this Maimon. Lahavin inya neshamas Yisrael. What is what are neshamas Yisrael? The loyikem ma'isha soivrim ma'olam. So nishvah development. It's not what the world teaches. What are neshamas? What neshamas Yisrael are? Now, when he says a loyikem ma'isha soivrim ma'olam, he doesn't mean he doesn't mean a hefkevelt. He doesn't mean the world, uh, the secular world. That's not what he's talking about. You'll see soon. He's talking about the Olam, he means the Jewish world. What does the world say? What's an Hashama? Hanashama Hirak Hachius Vasechul Shabbatoichad. A body is a corpse on its own. The body needs electricity. A body is a battery, an engine. The Nashama is the Chius, it's the life force of the body. It's the Chius, the life of the body. For a body to function, it's a body is not just a machine, it's a sophisticated and complex extraordinarily complex machine. There's no machine that comes close in its genius, in its intricacy, intricacies and brilliance and dazzling goodness uh, like the body. It's literally second to second the amount of 100 million neurons that work together in a brain to make decisions millisecond by millisecond and have uh, 50 or 60 trillion cells coordinated in a body. So this is Stam. Where did the body become such a gone oilum that already in the fetus, in, in, in the womb of its mother, right? how it develops and creates and functions throughout life from one cell of a sperm and an egg to develop into a full body and then to function as a full body? This is the very few miracles could come close to that miracle. 
So what is this attributed to? It's attributed to, we say, there's an ashama. There's a life force, there's a spiritual life force in, in, in the body that, so to speak, uh, the spiritual DNA that has its code, that has its wisdom, and is responsible for the chiyus of the body. Okay, now this is not a bad definition for the soul. It's a definition that's given in many, many svarim. And then he adds, Vaseich, the capacity for inquisitiveness, the capacity for understanding. Because the first definition exists in every animal. And not only in every animal, even in a bush, in a flower, in a tree, any living organism, the smallest organism is also brilliant. It's brilliant in ways that people can't imagine. Today we begin to scratch the surface a little bit of, 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 of the brilliance of a, a flower, never mind of, of a bee or a mosquito or a, or a beetle, especially a beetle. But, uh, but uh, never mind the human brain. But this is chayis. Then you have the, the ability of seichel. Seichel is that what they call the homo sapien is a curious animal, is inquisitive, can ask questions about what truth is. So he says, Through which one could comprehend the reality of the of Hashem, which is unique to the soul of the human being. Because the soul of an animal, as far as we know, or what we observe, it has one question, and that is, where is my next meal coming from? And for many people, that's also the only question. <laughs> where is the next meal coming from, and when is the next meal coming? And that's important. The nisham is the ability to be able to ask questions that are more abstract, more transcendent. What's truth? Is there truth? Where do I come from? Who created the world? But Essentially, then, the neshama would be the capacity for seichel. So in seichel, you can understand God. You can understand other things. You could study mathematics. You could study astronomy. You could study biology. You could study many things. So sichlem achedem, other seichels, shemasigim, asigayonam achedem. Bevadai eini nikri neshama sisra. This is not the ultimate definition of neshama sisra. Ki ha neshama yichele kelekami mal shulamaylam haseichel. The truth of a soul is that it's not just a life force, and it's not just an intellectual capacity to understand transcendent reality, even though that's true, but that's not the real definition of a neshama. The real definition of a neshama is chelik elekamima, so to speak, a fragment or a piece of Hashem Himself. And God is beyond seichel, so therefore, in essence, the neshama is not just an intellectual creature, a spiritual creature, a profound creature, but rather, in its ultimate definition, the Nisham is actually a chelik alekamimal, it's kivayachal, a piece of Hashem Himself. I say kivayachal because chelik, of course, is a euphemism. It doesn't mean chelik that it's a divisible reality that you cut into parts, like a birthday cake, or like a cheesecake that you put, put a, define into chalak. Chelik here is reflective that the quality of the Nisham is divine. It's a spark, it's a fragment, it's an union of the Divine Himself. Ah, you'll ask a question. There's hundreds of works of Jewish philosophy. The Olam, the world that he describes here, who is he talking about? He's talking about the world of the Rambam, the world of the Psad Yagon, the world of the Raubagd, the world of the Sefer Ikrim, the great Parbanel, the great Jewish philosophers of Machshavis Yisrael who all discuss Neshama. And they discuss in Hashem, the Rambam, for example, as the Chius and as the Seichel, the capacity for Seichel, for Haskola, 
for curiosity, for understanding. So when he says, I told you, it doesn't mean a boorish world, a brute world. He means a sophisticated Jewish world. So now you're saying it's not that. It's something else. That's why he's bothered by this. He says, Acha Inyan. Let's put it into context. You could talk about the Neshama on two levels. You could, the first Jew, the grandson of the first Jew, Yaakov Avinu, the father of Klaus has two names, Yaakov and Yisrael. Every Jew has two names. Every Jewish soul has two colors. There's the Yaakov of the soul and the Yisrael of the soul. All the Svarim that speak about, about soul in terms of Chiyos, in terms of Seichel, are addressing the Yaakov dimension of the soul. When he said, it's not like the world says what a Neshama is, it's really something else. It's addressing the Yisrael dimension of the soul. So therefore there's no contradiction. All the descriptions about a neshama that you learned are true when you want to address the Yaakov dimension of the soul. The description he says here, it's chelik elekami mal, and therefore just like God is beyond intellect. God is not just an intellectual mind who understands things. Hashem is beyond seichel, and therefore the neshama is also beyond seichel. That's the Yisrael dimension of the soul. And he starts explaining. Let's introduce Lahavan to understand Pidush Hashemayim kisi varitzadayim ragloi. Shaya Novi says in Perik Samachvav, the after of Erev Rishchidish and Bereshis, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So it's a euphemism. The Novi says, Hashem says, so to speak, I sit on the heavens, it's like my chair, and the whole earth that you see, Hadoim Ragla, it's my footstool. Mao Hadoim Ragla, what does he mean by a footstool? Shumadrega Hatachtoinashi Shrafraf, Shrafraf. He's trying to say that it's a low plane of reality. It's basically a shrafshaf is a footstool. You're sitting on a couch, you pick up your feet, you want to support your feet on something, you put it on a footstool. So the whole Eretz, the whole planet Earth, it's not like Shemayim. Shemayim is my throne, I sit on it. The Eretz is shrafshaf, it's my footstool. HaShemayim Kisi, the, the heaven is my throne. V'hum is a much higher plane, a much higher space. V'emes kach. And, and this pshat is the emes, it's true. Why? The angels above, they stand constantly with awe and reverence, without any alien thoughts. They're always cognizant of godliness in a very revealed way. When it comes to the earth, you have no revelation of godliness. So Shemayim here is not only referring to the physical heavens, but Shemayim, he's talking about spiritual planes. So, for example, you have the Malachim, spiritual creatures. They don't have any machshavazaras, no distractions, no alien thoughts. They're always cognizant of godliness because there's always revelation of the reality of Hashem in the earth. It's not like that. There's many distractions and many questions and dilemmas and problems because there's no revelation of God whatsoever in our world. It's, it's a much lower space in terms of spiritual sensitivity. So it's called Ha'aretz Hadoim Ragli. But this itself is strange. Shari Nemar, the Pasuk says, the Navi Malachi tells us, Ani Hashem Loishanisi. I, God, have never changed. And he touches, what does it mean, Loishanisi means? That there's absolutely no change. Heaven, earth, before creation, after creation. Ani Hashem Loishanisi, there's no changes of Ani Hashem. Why are we saying here, on the other hand, that heaven and earth are so different? Achatirut tells the answer for this is, there's two dimensions. Soiviv kalalman and memale kalalman. Soiviv, he transcends the worlds, memale fills the worlds. Vihine, bepchines, soiviv kalalman, ain't shum shinui. 
קודם הבריאול, אחר הבריאול, בכל עולם מסוליונים ותחתונים בשווה, כי עיגול שמסעגל ומסביב אף למטה. When we speak about Soiviv, there's no change before creation, after creation, higher worlds, lower worlds, heaven, earth. It's identical, every space, every moment, every circumstance, every situation, even creation has not changed that in the slightest. Like an eagle, it's called Soiviv, it's like a circle. A circle, you don't say there's a property on the top of the circle that's different than the bottom of the circle. It's a full, same circle, higher, lower. Take, let's say, uh, a samach, if it, if it would be a perfect circle, right? Any way, if you turn it around, it's going to be the same. If you turn it over on its head, it's not going to change. You, you take an al, you take a yud, you take any letter of the olive base, right? You turn it to the side, you have a different letter. It's a different letter, it depends. It's all about positioning. There's the higher part, there's the lower part, there's the right, there's the left. A full circle... Any direction, put it on this side, put it on that side. Turn it over, the mata, the maila, yamin, smile, it's all the same circle. This is soiv of kolalm. And he says, It's beyond intellect and it's beyond time. Past, present and future is all in one moment. Which Seichel can't comprehend. It's basically the name Yudke Vovke, which is Hoya, Hoiva Viyya, was, is, and will be all in the same word in one moment, because it transcends the properties of time and therefore space. Zman, Seichel, and Mokka. There is change, and we just said there's heaven and earth, and they're so different. This is when you're addressing Mamalakala. The Mishnah says in Prikayavas Perikay Hashem created the world through ten distinct utterances. It says ten times Vayoimer in Bereshis. The Gemara in Shoshana says doesn't say ten, it says nine. Bereshis is also a Mimer. So you have Bereshis Baral Kim Sushmaimbaz. Vayoimer Alakim Yehiyar. Vayoimer Alakim Yehirakiya. Vayoimer Alakim Tachaya Aritz Dasha. Vayoimer Alakim Yehimaritz Birakiya Shamayim, etc. Every creation or set of creations were created through an utterance, through a dibur. Ma'amores nivrahan, different ma'amores. Shenishtal shalu, ma'amor yihiyar, vayihikain. Yihirakiya, vayihikain. And there's an evolutionary process, nishtal shalu means there's a chain of the utterance, let there be light, and then there is light. Let there be heaven, and there is heaven, that's the first two days. Yihiyar is day one, yihirakiya is day two, and then it continues. Vashinu hu mitzada mekablim. And the change is always from the recipient's perspective. Every world comprehends and experiences things according to its capacity. That's why the Navi says, the heaven is my throne. Higher worlds comprehend more godliness. The earth is my footstool. That's a lower madrega which does not comprehend so much. It comprehends less. So, the Alter Rebbe here, the Balatanya, distinguishes between two different forms or projections of divine energy. One, Saiv of and one, Mamala Kalaman. What is the difference? Mamala Kalaman means, as we learned quite a few times, he fills the world. What does it mean he fills the worlds? That represents the Chios, the energy that is tailor-made and custom-made to every nivra according to 
its unique chemistry. It's really the other way around. The chemistry of every nivra is tailor-made, is based on the type of divine energy that creates it and sustains it and relates to it. Its physical properties, its let's call it its atomic structure, its molecular structure, is basically based on the Asarim Amaris, based on the Dvar Hashem, the energy that is being communicated to this nivra according to what Hashem's plan and design and will was for this nivra. So you can't compare the energy of the, 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 the reality of a rock, how a rock perceives itself, or how we perceive it, to the reality of a human mind, to the reality of an animal, to the reality of a blade of grass, to the reality of a star. Everything has its unique properties, physical properties, based on spiritual properties. That's the oil that's mamali, it fills everything, and here there's major differences. You can't compare the perceptiveness of heaven to the perceptiveness of earth. You can't compare shamayim to eretz, you can't compare elam asaliyayim to elam astachtonim, you can't compare one person to another person. This is the individuated source of creation, which changes with every person, every day, every moment, based on the macabre, based on what I could perceive according to my mind. It's a tutorial. It's like, it's like uh, you have one tutor could teach ten kids a day. Every child gets a different type of shir, a different type of lesson. Why? Based on what this person can perceive, what this person can experience. That's all mamalakalam. And even if it's the same shir, but every person takes it differently based on who they are. So Mamala Kalalman is the energy that every oilam could take according to its capacity. Of course, this Shinuyim. Creation changed a lot. And you can't compare one person to another person, one state to another state, heaven to earth. That's Mamala Kalam. What's Saiviv Kalam? Saiviv is like a circle. That's why it's called Saiviv. What do we mean it's like a circle? He doesn't mean spatially it's like a circle. He means conceptually it's like a circle. There's no difference between the grain of sand's relationship to Saiviv and the highest angel's relationship to Saiviv. I, the grain of sand, you look at it and all you see is a grain of sand. You don't even see a drop or any glimmer or ray of divinity. And here you're talking with an, an angel or a soul or a higher world, Ganeidin Elam Haba. The difference is in Mamali Kalam. In other words, what they project in a manifested way based on how they define their identity. Saiviv is the divine presence, the divine energy that remains fully infinite, fully divine, just like it was before creation. And creation hasn't changed that a bit. And a lower world and a higher world, Saiviv Kalalman is fully present because in that circle, any place, any higher, lower, there's no difference. The infinite presence of Hashem is in every situation, in every circumstance, in every reality, in every moment, in every person, in every creature, in its full infinite intensity as it was before creation without any difference. I, mitzad this, there's no difference. Ani Hashem mitzad this, there's no difference. Why then do people feel so different? And why there's so many different madregas? That's only mitzad. Memalikalalman. Memalikalalman is that Hashem allowed there to be a tzimtzum, that his oil should be restricted and limited, as explained at length in Tikkun B'chaydeh and other Maimarim, where there is a tremendous restriction and limitation, and every nivra and every world gets according to a dosage, according to its capacity, physical capacity, emotional capacity, spiritual capacity, and again, it's the other way around. It's the type of chiyus that gets communicated to it that creates that type of 
that type of identity. And as we discussed a few times, this is the two streams of consciousness which allow, and not only allow, but welcome and warrant two very different experiences of life. One is where there is unique individuality, where one is different than the other, and you cannot have one person being like any other person. On the contrary, every creature has its unique mimer, and if I want your mimer, I'm already confusing my seberatius. It's a confusion of my seberatius, and just like a man is not an animal, a person is not an animal, every person has their own neshama, their own unique chiz, their own mamalakalalman. Just like in the body, you can't compare what the brain needs to what the heart needs to what the foot needs. It's a whole different experience. Each one has its function, its uniqueness, his or her individual mission, destiny, purpose, identity on every level. That's Mitzad Mamale. And then there's another component where there's an absolute oneness and harmonious unity where everything is really part of one collective, Mitzad Saiv of Kalalman, where the highest and the lowest are all in the same space. The space of Saiv of Kalalman. But by definition, Saiv is not felt and experienced in the individual parameters of one's identity, because what allows there to be these parameters, what allows there to be these walls, these realms, is that the energy is restricted and tailor-made to the individual capacity of, of, the, of the person. Like the tutor who teaches every student differently, because if you just have the Rosh Hashiva giving a shir to the 6-year-old and the 10-year-old and the 20-year-old and the 25-year-old and the Medrash, Nobody will understand the thing. Certainly the kids will go right over the head. I mean, I know what happens, <laughs> but you can have a classroom and you have a teacher and it's gewaldic, but no one understands the words because it's not tailor-made to the individual capacity of the person. So this answers the question of we two strands in Tanakh, two streams in Tanakh, Ani Hashem Nisi on one level, Hashemayim Va'aretz Ani Moli, everything is the same, and on another level there's Shamayim and there's Eretz, there's Malachim, and there's Earth, and there's Higher, and there's Lower, and there's Before Creation, and there's After Creation. We say in the morning, Atu Atshaloi Nivra Ha'olam, Atu Humisha Nivra Ha'olam, which means not only you were there before and after, because then the word Hu would have been extra, right? Atu Hu Atshaloi Nivra Ha'olam, Atu Humisha Nivra Ha'olam, means the Zelba Hu, it's not that you were there always, you know, you're like the ultimate witness. The who, it says this in Tanya, the who explains that what, that it's the same, per, it's the same reality, Mitzat Soivav, Mitzat Mamali, there's a big difference. Now, if this is the case when it comes to the entire existence of the universes, he now makes this and he says, now let's take this back to the individual person. Back to the individual person. Now there is again a long brackets here. But we're going to go to after the brackets. The brackets go for around ten lines till the word vihine. The line starts vihine. Vihine Just like in the general flow of divine energy, these two dimensions, seivav and mamale. Here is the key. In the soul of the human being, you have these two aspects. The memale and the soiviv are projected in the nesham itself. Alzen Nemer on this deposit says in Bereshis, Vayivra lekim esa adam, Vayivra esa adam betsalmoi betselem eloikim. In the end of the story of creation, it says Hashem created man betsalmoi in His image, 
But Selem Elakim in the image of Elakim. Obviously, there's a redundancy. Could have said Vayivre Sa'adam, either Betzalmoi or Betzalem Elakim. Betzalmoi means in his image. No, in his image, Betzalem Elakim. So he says there's two different Neshamas. A tale of two souls. There's two Neshamas. There's the Neshama that is Betzalmoi, and there's Neshama that's Betzalem Elakim. That's what we meant when we said the Neshama has two dimensions, the Yaakov, the Yisrael. How many images does God have? See, teaching refers to Mamala Kalam. Tzalem Elikim refers to Soiv of Kalam. The Neshama is both B'Tzalmoy, the Neshama is both an expression of Mamala Kalam, the Neshama is also an expression of Soiv of Kalam. The Neshama also has the dimension in it of Soiv of Kalam. That's B'Tselem Elikim. One is called the Yaakov of the soul, one is called the Yisrael. What's the difference? So he says, P'chines Yaakov, after the brackets, P'chines Yaakov, Yud Ekev. Yaakov is made up of two words. Yaakov. Ekev is, of course, the soul, the soul of the foot. And Yaakov is the Yud of the Ekev. Why was Yaakov named Yaakov? So the Pasuk says and told us, because when he comes out, Yodoy Oichezes Bakev He's holding on to the soul of his brother Esau. He's literally holding on to his foot. So we call him Yaakov. Now that's a way, that's a way to name a child. You're holding on to the soul of your brother, so we name you based on the foot of your brother. <laughs> it's not even his own foot. He wasn't even holding on to his own foot. So it's a very cute way of a baby coming out. Today there would be pictures and, and, and WhatsApps and videos of, of, of this cute little uh, twin brother holding on. So that becomes his name. I'm holding on to your soul, so that's my name. So of course this describes something about Yaakov himself. It's not just about Esau's Yaakov, it's about his own Yaakov, about himself. So Yud Yaakov, that's Yaakov. What does this represent? Yud is Chachma. Generally the letter Yud represents conception, Chachma. The ability of a soul to have the Haseichel, that can comprehend godliness. That's Yud. Then you have the feet of the soul. The head of the soul, metaphorically speaking, is the intellectual, spiritual capacity of the soul to comprehend godliness. That's the Yud. Then you have the legs of the soul, in other words, the, the extension of the soul, and that is... It's, electri- it's the fact that it's an electri- so to speak, an electrical force that can give life to all of the 248 limbs of the body. So when we spoke before that the soul is a chayas and the soul is a seichel, that's the yud and the akiv. The yud of the nesham is the spiritual quality that it can comprehend godliness. The akiv of the nesham is the ragli hanesham, the feet of the nesham, which is so to speak an extension of its core, which gives chayas to the whole body. Then you have the Yisrael of the soul. Yisrael of the soul. Yisrael is two words. Lirash. The first letter of Yisrael is Yud. The last letter is Lamed. And the middle is Shin Reish Aleph. So it's Lirash. It's the opposite of Yaakov. Yaakov is Akev, the soul, the foot. Yisrael is Lirash, which means my head, or a head to me, or a head for me. And those are the two names of Yaakov. At one stage in life, he's called Yaakov. At a later stage in life, he has a name transformation to Yisrael, and the Pasuk says, why am I naming you Yisrael? The angel that he was fighting with tells him, 
Ki sarise melekim v'menashem v'atuchem. Rashi says sarise from the word sar. You became a sar, a prince, a minister, a leader. You wrestled. That's also a concept of a roish, a leader. Here he says Yisrael is lirosh. What is that? This is the aspect of the soul that transcends the body and it transcends the seich. So therefore we made here a shalom bias between the two streams of the way, the two streams in Yiddishkeit, the way a neshama is described. In many svarim, what you'll hear about a neshama is the life force and the seichel, and that's Yaakov. Yud Ekev, that's Yaakov. That's one aspect of the neshama. When he said, don't think it's like the world says, a neshama is chiyas and seichel, he wasn't negating it exclusively. He was saying that's one aspect of the neshama. Then there's the aspect of the neshama that's Yisrael, that's higher than the guf and higher than the seichel. What do we mean it's higher than the guf and higher than the seichel? Not that it's not in the guf. Not that it's not in the seichel. Just like Seif of Kalalman is in the guf also. It's in the seichel also. But it means it's not defined just as a force that gives vitality to the body. Not only is it not defined as that, it's not even defined as an intellectual, spiritual creature, like an angel, that's capable of being an antenna to very deep truth and the greatest truth, which is the truth of God. That's all Yaakov of the soul. Yisrael of the soul is l'maylem and aguf, l'maylem and so what is it? This of the soul, this dimension, he echad yachid umiyuchad im Hashem is baruch belishum pirud b'shemayfu. This dimension of the soul is using the words of the piyut, echad yachid umiyuchad, is one singular, united, indivisible, cannot be fragmented, cannot be separated. It's completely one and unified with Hashem belishum pirud without any separation b'shemayfu under any circumstances. This dimension of the soul cannot be separated from Hashem ever. It's always completely united with Hashem. It could never be separated. Why? Because its definition is a chelikalikamima. If the definition of an Hashem is a spiritual life force or an intellectual capacity, sometimes its relationship could be compromised. But because we said that this aspect of an Hashem is what? It is a chelikalikamima. So it could never be. Not what it is. It, it, you cannot be what you're not. <laughs> you could be what you can be, but you cannot deny who you are in your very core, in your very essence. Some things you can just you can't. You, the person can't undo. So therefore, the neshama of Yisrael is not only a spiritual life force or intellectual capacity. What is it? It's echad yachid meyuchad Hashem isbarach. So therefore, nothing ever can separate it from Hashem. Because its very essence, its very identity is the divine. So this is the neshama, one aspect which is a reflection of Mamala Kalalman, and one is a reflection of Saivav Kalalman, one is Betzalmai, one is Betzalam Alekim, one is Yaakov, one is Yisrael. Mamala Kalalman of the neshama means the way the neshama, so to speak, assumes an identity of a spiritual creature based on the divine energy that comes into it. And still there, it's different than every other nivra. It's betzalma. You don't say that about an animal. You don't say that about any other creature. It's the uniqueness of betzalma. That the neshama is betzalma. There's a deeper element in the neshama. Betzalma. Which is not a reflection of Bamali, but it's a reflection of Saif of Kalalman, meaning that it's fully, fully one. It is. It is part of the divine itself, the divine reality itself, 
beyond seichel, beyond guf. So it's not defined by time, by space. In some circumstances it's connected, some circumstances it's not connected. Sometimes it's attached, sometimes it's detached, sometimes it's aware, sometimes it's unaware. Its very core is divine. So every minute, every space, every circumstance, every experience, every moment of life, through all situations, it remains what it is, and that is fully divine. Echad yachad amiyuchad Is that part of me, or is that more like a makif or a mazal, that, that part of the neshama? You want to know, is this part of you, or it's more of a makif? It's not part of you, and it's not a makif. That is you. That's what he's going to explain. Not only is it part of you, not only the of that is the you. We'll see in a moment. We'll see soon. And this dimension exists in every single Jew, even a Kal Shabakala. Kal Shabakala means a lightheaded, among the lightheaded, like Kalus Roach is lightheadedness, what we would call in English somebody who's very apathetic or indifferent. She's Kal Shabakala. Or somebody wants that kal shabakal means even the column call him a kal. <laughs> even the column call him a kal, right? <laughs> so even a kal shabakal, if he has an ashama, this exists. Why? You'll say, where's the kal shabakal? Where's the Torah? Where's the ruchnis? Where's the mitzvahs? We go back to Saiv of Kalam. In Mamala Kalam, and it's about the perception. What you're feeling, this changes. There's a higher Jew, there's a lower Jew. There's a heavenly Jew, there's an earthly Jew. There's a higher soul, lower soul. There's a soul Yom Kippur, there's a soul after Yom Kippur. <laughs> right? There's a soul on Labor Day, there's a soul on Memorial Day. <laughs> or July 4th. It's a different... There's before the Cholent, there's after the Cholent. Good mood, bad mood. Mitzat Dispchina of the Yisrael. What's the Yisrael? The Li Rosh. In other words, Soivit. So every situation, what is it? It's a lakus mamish. So just like there's no difference in space and time, there's no difference between people. So even the Kal Shabakalam has this pchit. Now here he asks the million dollar question. What are you talking about? Read through Gemara, read through Midrash, and read through Sifre Musa. Whoever heard of this? Doesn't it say that Jews get cut off from God? What's the whole Issacharis? He's asking, Umash it says, Hikaris, Hikaris, Hanefesh. The souls that cut the soul off from God. Sins. I said, Sins that cut you off from God. Person reads through Chumash. Person reads through Tanakh. Person reads through Gemara. Person reads through Medrashim. Sifre Musr, especially. You see what they say about separation? Half, the, most of the literature of these days, yeah? You're separated, you have to reconnect. You're severed. The Shnefesh gets cut off. Cut off from who? Cut off from the Rebbeinu Shalayla. Physically, spiritually, in terms of how it's expressed. Okay, there's different ways how it's expressed. <coughs> but the concept is, This is a big question. What do you mean that in every Jew, even a Kal Shabakalim, there's a dimension that's Yachid, Miyuchid, Echid, and it's not Shaykh to be separated. In other words, Kal Shabakalim means a Jew who sins. Does Everything wrong in the book. You're telling me he's completely one. What's Pshad? How do you say this? How do you say this? Now, I want you to understand the significance of this question. In all Jewish circles today, you'll hear constantly thrown around, people will read a story in a newspaper about someone, they'll say, ah, the Pintaliyid, right? The Yiddish Neshama, the Pintaliyid, there's some Jewish aspect. So some explain it simply as culture. You know, do you say the Pintala Irishman? 
Could you say the Pintala Irishman? The Pintala Chinaman? You know, it's, it's some people touch it culture. You come from a culture 4,000 years with genes, so something stays. The chicken soup. The chicken soup doesn't completely get obliterated. Okay. That's how some explain it. But uh, I guess by more Torah Jews, it means but there's a Pesadishama, there's a Nitzot, there's, there's a Ruchnis, there's a Pesadvekas. Huh? The fink, the fink, the funk, the spark. The spark, the nitzas, right. Not, not just culture, not my mother's chicken soup, my grandmother's chicken soup, 3,000 years, it does have an impact. It does play games with your chromosomes or whatever, with your, your mice, so it has an impact. Okay. So that's, 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 that's just, you know, <laughs> whatever. Every culture has its, its unique hang-ups, whatever it may be. Here it may be uh, religion, uh, maybe God, maybe Yom Kippur, maybe Rosh Hashanah. But you call it also on a spiritual level, the Psaka, Kedusha, Dvekas, and so on and so forth. When did this language develop? Pintaliyid, Aneshama, Ayidish Aneshama, Ahat Ayidish Aneshama, Ahat Ayidish Aneshama. When did this, this, this language develop? So generally, if you look in the Torah of Shemtiv, in the base of the Shemtiv, there's a tremendous focus on this. In all the books of all the students of the Baal Shem Tov, throughout all the generations, already from the first generation, from the Baal Shem Tov, on, everywhere, you know, you, you open a Kedusha Slevi, you open a Noyem Alimala, whatever, any safer of, of that, but even though the concept you have also in Gemara, you'll have Afal Pishachato Yisrael, who, you'll have a Rambam in Hilchus Geirishin, where you're allowed to force somebody to give a Kaifenoy Seachayim a Reitzani, what does Reitzani help him? Rambam in Hilchus Geirishin, Perik Beis, Halacha Chof, Right, you force a guy to say, "I want to give a get," and it's a kosher get. It's a joke. A minute later, he's going to say, "The only reason I said I wanted it was because <laughs> to, to get rid of these guys." So the Rambam says, "No, that Kivon Shehumi Yisrael, since he's a Jew, Roitzu Lasses Kol Amitzvus Ulesvachik Menavedus Rak Yitzroy Hu Shatukfoy." And when he kofenays and he says Roitzani, so you're being mavatal the external influences. Okay, so. The concept you have, but in the Baal Shem Tov's Torah, it's very developed, I should say, it's accentuated, it's emphasized, it's discussed a lot. I guess we covered all the visitors from Uman, Lekutei Maharan is filled with it, uh, Rav Nachman's Torah, and, but all the Talmudia of Baal Shem Tov, any stream, and, and I don't mean exclusively them, you'll have it in most in most Svarim, you'll have it in the Kuda, you'll find it by the Ramchal also, etc., etc., but over there it was very much emphasized. But Kedar Koi of the Balatanya, this is what he's questioning. Is this a new development to Judaism? It says, Ikaris Tikaris HaNefesh. There's sometimes you say, sorry, you were cut off. You're alienated. You're not mine anymore. You cut yourself off. There's no Dveikus anymore. How do you tell me a statement, even a Kal Shabakalam has a dimension that's never separated? This is not just a small question of Alam de Shapilpul, he's asking a question. He's questioning here the very Yisoyed that there's something in every Jew under all circumstances that can't be separated from God, even a great sinner who's doing l'cha'odi suri krisis. That's a shayla. What's his answer? Huh? Ah, it says he cut us to cut us nefesh because he transgressed serious avedas which are make you liable with karis. Karis means you get cut off. That's a shaila. So here, the Baal Atanya gives his answer. 
and says it's all true, but you have to put it in context. There's two layers of identity. All the Maimari Chazam, all the Psukim that deal with Karis are of course 100% true. They're addressing the layer and identity of Yaakov. Yaakov could get cut off. Yaakov could be connected and Yaakov could get cut off. Depends on how Yaakov lives. Depends on how it uses its mind, how it uses its heart, how it lives in its behavior. On Yaakov, you say everything he cut us to cut us on Nefesh. Never on Yisrael. Yisrael ain't an Efredus of any Yisrael cannot ever be separated from him. Why not? Because again, it goes back to these two streams of Mamali and Saifah. Mitzad Mamali Kalalmin, there could be a change based on the recipient. How open am I to receive the energy? If I cut myself off, I don't receive the energy because the definition of the energy is that I absorb it. If I don't absorb it, I didn't get it. Because the definition of Mamali is it fills me. If it doesn't fill me, I put a stopper, I close my eyes, I don't see it. I close my ears, I don't hear it. I close my nose, I don't smell it. I close my mouth, I don't taste it. I shut myself off from it. The definition of me having it is that I experience it, I internalize it in some way. So therefore, if I don't, I don't have it. But the neshama, that save of Kalam, and over there, what's the definition of it having it? It's not, I perceive it in a way that I can internalize it and necessarily feel it in my faculties. The state of Seiv of Kalalman means that it is a state of the self that is completely divine. It is divine. That's what it is. It is divine. If it is divine, nothing it can do can take it away from the divine. That's what it is. A person, for example, can decide that he's a horse. You can eat like a horse. We know that there's people that way. You could live like a horse. You could behave like a horse. But you still won't be a horse. You're still a human being. Are you living like a horse? You're behaving like a horse? Fine. But the person cannot be not a person. I'm still a person, even if it's not expressed that way. Since Yisrael is a chelak halakamimal, it's a lakos. So therefore, it, it, it is what it is. It, it's always one. It cannot be disconnected. That was said on Yaakov, not on Yisrael. The sikum, the nekudas hadavar, the nekudah that we learned was that just like by Hashem, we speak about the sources in Zayar. It says, We talk about two forms of divine energy. One that is restricted and limited and tailor-made and custom-made to the individual capacity and identity of every single creature. This world, higher worlds, all the way to the highest, highest Nivrayim and Hashemis. And then there is Seiv of Kalaman, which is the Atahu Atshaloi Nivraelam, Atahu Mishnivraelam, Ani Hashem Loishanisi, where there is no change whatsoever, pre creation, post creation, higher worlds, lower worlds, higher creatures, lower creatures, Shabbos, Yomtev, this time, that time, all space, all time is really equal because Seiv of Kalaman represents God in his full, uninhibited, infinite expression and presence. And therefore, there's absolutely no differentiation. And that's why it's called soiv of like the eagle. From any angle, it's always the same circle, the same shape. In other words, the same inten- symbolically, the same intensity, the same energy, the same presence. It's just one is not perceived consciously in the parameters of a creature because 
for me to be me, I have to only have a limited energy, so I should be able to be me. We know even within ourselves, if our brain would not be such a good filter and would not uh, serve as a filter for maybe 99.9% of our emotions that are subconscious, would be very difficult to survive. Thank God our brain, our conscious brain, filters out so much information from inside and gives us only a little trickle, and even that's not so easy to deal with. <laughs> but uh, so even to, 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 to find out more of yourselves, of, of yourself, is, is overwhelming. Imagine a person to experience in a conscious way the infinity of Sayyid of Kalalman. If all, if, if that would happen, everything would appear as is. It would be part of the infinite. So the individual identity and experience and ups and downs of every single person is all based on that trickling little drops of energy, that's called Hashem, fills the world, fills the world like a water, fills the keli, that the keli could contain it, can experience it, like a shear that is tailor-made to the student, a tutor who speaks to the student, according to his level, his madre, you would be teaching him a Pasuk Chumash, the Pasuk Chumash may have mafarshan that allow you to speak about this Pasuk for 10 hours, or a Mishnah that you could speak about for, for two weeks, or a suga gemara that's complex, but you're literally giving over one dimension that works according to the kalim, to the confinements of his brain. Where Saif of Kalaman represents the uninhibited, infinite presence of God in his own reality, not mitigated, not diluted, not compromised. The wine is not diluted by water. That's what we call Saif. The Neshama also operates in these two levels, because the Neshama is B'Tselem Elikim, Vayivra, Vayivra Elikim, Esadam B'Tselem, B'Tselem Elikim. So therefore, the Neshama also has both of these dimensions, Yaakov and Yisrael. What are these two dimensions of the Neshama? The Yaakov dimension of the Neshama represents, Memali, the Yisrael represents Seibah. And the Nekudah of the difference was, Right, the Nikud of the difference was the Mamale of the Neshama is he said two things. Number one, the Yud, and then number two, the Akiv, the Seichel of the Neshama and the Chiyus of the Neshama. And that is just like Mamalakalaman. It's the way we experience a trickle of our soul. We experience our soul as the electricity of the body, the life force of the body, the chiyus of the body, the vice, spiritual vitality of the body. That which gives the guf, all the ramach, environment, the shasah, gidim, their battery, the engine, the fuel, what we call the soul, the consciousness. And that itself, that's no small thing, just like Mamalik Laman is no small thing. God creating the world and vivifying, vivifying the universe is no small thing is no small matter. It's basically all in the world, word Rebbeinu Shalaylam, the master of the world. Memale is no small thing. Memale itself, of course, is infinite when we speak about it in, in terms of the human capacity, right? I mentioned to you once, Yerushalmi, in Masech Sanhedrin, that Ilu kol uh, if all of humanity comes together, seven billion people, with all the scientists and chemists and engineers, they couldn't create even one flea, one mosquito. So that's no small uh, work of art, work of magic to create, work of, uh, of, of, of stupendous nature and ability. But nonetheless, it's called mamali. So there's the neshama as the vivifying force of the body. There's the neshama even deeper as the seichel, the, the consciousness of a soul. An animal also has a consciousness. An animal also has a life. And everything everything in the world has a life force. But the human life force, the soul, 
is that the seichel of the soul, that it can be, even be masig elakus, it can even be masig transcendent truth, the origin of truth, the source of, of the universe, the fact that the universe has, has a creator, and understand that, at least on some level we mean, on some level that which a brain, the brain of the soul could wrap itself around, as he's spoken, kiseitzi lamalchama, mamlichim, meshapchim, mefarim, amnitzim, makdishim, mamlichim, as shame, as shame hakel. The name, at least the name, the reputation, the projection. But then there's another aspect to the neshama. What's that? Soiv of Kalam. What is that? That's the neshama as is. Not the way the neshama trickles down into our body. In other words, I feel that I'm alive. I maybe can't define what it is. But a person feels, Baruch Hashem, that they're alive. Maybe we don't know how to articulate it. We, we still don't know what it is exactly. Nobody can define what it is. But but a person feels something. A person has a mind. A person has a consciousness. A person breathes. A person has a life. However you define it, you can define it in so many different ways, but this is something we can wrap our vocabulary around. That's the mamali of the neshama, the yakov of the neshama, which is yud and akev. And then you have the yisrael of the neshama, the head of the neshama, the lead of the neshama, which is a reflection of saiv of kalaman, meaning what the neshama is in its actual core, what it is. What is it? Not the way it's perceived and projected and experienced, which is only a reflection, a ray, a glimmer. What is the neshama? He says this is beyond the body, even beyond seichel, beyond being, in, it's a chelik elikam imal. It is kevayachal, part of the divine. And therefore, he says, it's ena nifredis rumeni yisbaruch b'shem oifen. It can't be separated. It's echad yachid amayuchad im Hashem yisbaruch in his language. Belish from pirud b'shem oifen. It's completely one, united, singular, intimately uh, unified for eternity with God, and there cannot be any separation under any circumstances. Even a Kal Shabbatalim, even the most lightheaded of Jews, possesses this because this is the inherent state of who, of what his or her neshama is. I, he or she has done many things, or said things, or thought things, or lived a life that would seem to compromise the dvekas with Hashem, he says, no, this aspect of the soul, the core of the soul, is always unified. There's nothing you can do to sever it from God. I, the Pasuk says, he karis, he karis ha-nefesh, there's certain averis that warrant karis, which means, as the Pasuk says, v'nichris ha-nefesh the soul gets cut off. He says, the klal is, that's always said on the level of Yaakov. That aspect of the soul that is a limited dimension that is experienced in the consciousness of the human being, that could be severed. However, when you speak about Yisrael, no period is shayach b'shum oif. O masha kosov, two lines from the bottom, 124, the right column, o masha kosov, here we have a shtar kekash. Shabbos shuvah, there's going to be a haftoira. And that haftoira comes from the Novi Hoshea, the prophet Isaiah. And how does he start off? Why is it called Shabbos shuvah? Shuvah Yisrael Ad Hashem Knew who has to return? <laughs> Yaakov or Yisrael? Shuva Yisrael. Doesn't say Shuva Yaakov. Shuva Yisrael Ad Hashem Alakech. Umar Shekosov Shuva Yisrael Ad Havaya Alakech V'lechaydu Tamua. Yisrael Ma'achato. Yisrael, we said, never sin. V'aloyena Nifredes. And therefore never separate. The Matzarech Lutshuva doesn't have to return. What does it mean Yisrael Loichato? He means all chet cannot come from Yisrael. 
Yisrael by definition cannot be in a chet. Because what is Yisrael? Yisrael is divine. Is complete. That is its identity. It is, so to speak, a reflection, a spark, a glimmer, a fragment of the divine energy, of the divine presence, of the divine reality, of the Creator. So Chet is not Shaykh to Yisrael. So when a person sins, when a person alienates themselves from God, it never involves the Yisrael dimension. The Yisrael always remains wholesome, sacred, pure, divine, connected. So what's the Shuvah Yisrael? Come back Yisrael. He says, that's why Navi, he knows your problem. So that's why he says, Ki, Shuva Yisrael, because you stumbled on your sin. And the key word here is, Kashalta. Why am I saying Shuva Yisrael? Not Ki, you have to return because you sinned. Why am I saying Shuva Yisrael? Ki, Kashalta Bavinach. Al-Darech let's give a mash. Adama nichshel beragli be'evin ha'ko'aktana. A person is walking on the road, and on the bottom, on the, on the road, there's a rock, and he doesn't realize there's a rock. So his foot stumbles upon the rock, and he trips. So his whole body falls. And he trips, even the head bangs down to the, to the earth, because the head is actually higher. So he says, But where did the person stumble? The person stumbled... In his foot, not in his head. The head was walking. But usually a person is walking, you're walking, you have balance. That's why you could walk. The person stumbles, so now they trip, they lose their balance, and the body falls. It says, That's the word kashalta, kashalta, like from the word kishalain, a stumbling block. When, when you have a rock there, a stum- it's a stumbling block, you trip over it, it's called a kishlain. When a person stumbles, even on what we call a light Aveda, for example, he had the ability to learn Torah and he did not learn. Or a bitl mitzvah's essay, for example, he had the ability to give tzedakah and he did not give tzedakah. Certainly when he transgresses a mitzvah's license, in other words, even when he's Mavatla Mitzvah's essay, which is passivity, he could do something and he could not, and he does not. I could give tzedakah, but I don't. I could learn Torah, but I don't. So the Aveda was passive. Certainly when he transgresses a Mitzvah's license, in other words, actively, that's why it's some culture gain. Even though to the person it appears as an insignificant transgression, a minute Aveda. So it basically would appear to him like his foot got pushed away from its standing, from its position. And it slipped a little bit. It slipped. There's a rock there and it slipped. The rock would be like the Aveda that causes the leg to slip. So even, also in this situation when he stumbles with this sin, who stumbles? The foot, the legs of the neshama, which is Yaakov, machmazen noifel haneshama b'chines Yisrael l'tzad acher. So what happens now is the head of the neshama, the Yisrael of the neshama, is out of balance. It's not in sync with the foot. It's now turns to the other side. They're not working in a seamless. They're not working together in a synchronized fashion. When you're walking straight, 
So the head, the torso, the thighs, the feet, the legs, and the feet are all in one kaima. Uh, they're, they're working in unison. So the person, there's a flow from the head to the feet. When the person slips, when the person stumbles on the evan, so they get out of sync, they lose, literally, physically, they lose their balance. So he says, The head is not shining anymore. There's no flow, there's no ha'ara, there's no light from the head into the heel. I knew an example for this is, It would be like when the moon, during the time of the month, that it comes distant from the sun, meaning... It's not that the sun is not shining. Of course the sun is shining. It's just the lower half of the ball, the 180 degrees, the half of the ball of the moon that we observe, which is called the lower half that's observed to, the, to, the, to those who, who live on the planet Earth. It's dark. Why? Because there's no sun? No. Because the moon is not in the position where it can receive and then reflect the light of the sun. It doesn't have light on its own. Kach, on this the Pasuk says, HaRishayim B'chayshech Yidmu. The Rishayim live. They, they compare their life to a life of darkness. What's Pshat? V'haneshama shebetoich ha-guf e'na me'irekla. The neshama that's in the guf does not shine in the guf. Ha'inu she'in me'ir ba'mebchines Yisrael shebchines shemsha. Yisrael is the sun. Yaakov is the moon. And the sun is not being reflected in the moon, but the sun is not affected at all. The sun is not reflected at all. This is pshat of David HaMelech in Tehillim, Memtes, Pidish, Avoin Akevai Yisubeni. The sin of my, of my souls, of Akevai, my Akev, surrounds me. Pidush, even though the Chet only happens on the level of Akev, all chet happens on the level of Ekev. Meaning it happens only on the feet of the soul. It affects the Rosh in the sense that there's no flow from the Rosh to the Regal. Even though it's in Akeva, but the Yisubeni now is out of sync with the Regal. This is also Pshat in the Pesach. They pass over my head. In other words, they cause the feet not to be able to receive the energy from the head. This is what Shuva is. What did he explain here? Your Typhus, the Nekuda. The Nekuda here is Shuva Yisrael Adashem Alekecha. Not because Yisrael got separated. Yisrael never separated. Yisrael never sinned. Yisrael is in complete, perfect dvekas with Hashem under all circumstances and situations. And there's nothing the person can do to tarnish, effect, damage, and undo that relationship. There's a state of inner well-being and wholesomeness that could not be compromised even by a human being who committed some of the greatest mistakes in his life. And genuine mistakes, grave, grave errors. The Yisrael will not be affected. Why? Because it can't be. Because by definition it is Chelek Eli Kamimal, that's what it is. I shuvah Yisrael ad Hashem alekecha ki What can happen in life is that you don't know about your Yisrael. You're disconnected from experiencing your Yisrael. When a person is walking, the head, 
is in unison with defeat. When the person stumbles, ki chashalta So who, who stumbles? Not the head. The head doesn't hit the rock. The feet hit the rock. What happens? As a result of that, the person loses balance. The head is letzad acher of the guf. And that's why the person falls. Because they don't have that synchronization, that chibur, that yichud between the roish and the guf and the raga. What does this mean on a spiritual level? What it means is the marshal of the sun and the moon. The sun is always shining. You cannot say, oh, today the sun is not shining. The question is, does the moon reflect the light of the sun? Does the moon not reflect the light of the sun? The moon, when it's dark, doesn't change the sun. The sun is completely intact. But the position of the moon at certain points of the month don't allow us to see in the moon the light of the sun. So what happens at a certain point in life is, what does chet do? What do certain experiences in life do? They don't allow you to access and to feel your wholesomeness, your sacredness, your intimacy with God. Because there's no synchronization, there's no flow of energy that comes from the Rosh to the Rega. The sun is completely intact. But the moon is not reflecting the sun. Avoyna kevai yisubbeini. And therefore we say, Shuva Yisrael, you need to do Tshuva. What's Tshuva? Tshuva is not that Yisrael has to return. Shuva Yisrael, Yisrael has to be reflected in the Yaakov. So what do you need Tshuva? You need Tshuva to be able to figure out, to be able to access your inner purity that, that was always there that you're not, that you're not aware of. Yeah, it's because the feet are not in a position where they're capable of sensing the light, the information that comes from the head. There's a disruption. The head should have informed the feet. Should it? Yeah. No, the head has to inform the feet. The head has to inform the feet because the feet don't know why it can't feel. The moon thinks the sun stopped shining. So someone has to tell the moon, right. no, the sun never stops yeah. shining, it's still there, but right. you have to realize that it's something No, the pool gets hit. No, no, Yisrael remains intact like the sun. The Yisrael remains. The point is, the person falls, the head is not in the same, uh, in the same uh, alignment. alignment with the body. That's the point. Right, right. Huh? So that's why you need Shuvah Yisrael. This is why you need Shuvah. You need Yisrael to come back. Yisrael, you have to return. Not that the Yisrael was, the Yisrael was never separated. But you don't feel that you weren't separated. You feel that you were separated. So you need to bring the Yisrael back. You need to align this, the, the moon with the sun. Okay, let's discuss Shuvah Yisrael. We'll soon see Hashem Okay, the Gemara says Gershon is Gary Kikatan Shanila Domi. It's like a process of birth. Gaitis is a process of birth. That's a Pshat Kikatan Shanila Domi. Yeah, the Chida also says that it says in in, 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 in Shas, you always have, there's a Lashon Katan Shaniz Gadl, right? It should have said Goy Shaniz Gayer. Why does it say Gershon is Gayer? The Lashon should have been Goy Shaniz Gayer, Katan Shaniz Gadl. You don't say Gadl Shaniz Gadl. Why do you say Gershon is Gayer? So the Chida writes because even before that there was a Nitzos. 
what compels him to become a gayer is that before that there was already the spark of the Jew in him. That's why he wants to become a gayer. Why should somebody be compelled to go through a gayer? I'm talking about genuine gayers. They really want to convert to the Jewish people, not stop for an external reason. That's a good Shiloh, but it's not for now. Now, here we have... Here we have a uh, fundamental yesoid that, of course, relates to tshuva, but really re- relates to all distortions of life. Avoidness in terms of sins, but also avoidness in terms of mistakes and in terms of uh, traumatic or difficult experiences. So you have here a fundamental idea that's being conveyed, and that is... Never do you have to create well-being. You never have to create a self that is healthy. You never have to create a self that's wholesome, a self that's confident, a self that's joyous, a self that's powerful, that's optimistic, that is uh, that has self-esteem, that has what we would call the stamina to live. You have to access it. You have to find it. Because there's a space that's immune from all sin, and therefore immune, of course, from all mistakes, and therefore, of course, immune to all abuse. So even a human being who has endured traumatic experiences throughout their life, either because of causes within themselves or causes outside of themselves, either maliciously or unintentionally, as a result of loved ones or as a result of strangers, and often a person feels like damaged goods. I'm damaged goods. And now when I'm 20, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm trying to reinvent myself, I have to reinvent myself. So the Yisoy the Balatanya establishes here is, no. Just like Soiviv Kalalman, Kivayachal. There's nothing ever that can change it. No circumstances, no circumstances, no experiences, no decisions can destroy and undermine and obliterate the core soul of the person, which is essentially a chelik elikamimal, and which is always, always, always in a wholesome state. And it's always like the divine. So it says, Oiz v'ched, we say in Hoidu, Oiz there's confidence and joy in his space. So anything that's in his space is full of confidence and full of joy. So in the Yisrael state, you have all the confidence, all the wholesomeness, all the kedusha, all the purity, it's basically impeccable, it's basically as invincible as the divine. The challenge in life is, am I aware of that part of me? Am I cognizant of that part of me? Am I in touch with that part of me? Can I live by that part? Can I breathe that part? Can I experience it? Can I feel it? Can I operate? Can my operating system be navigated and governed by Yisrael? What sin does to a person is it creates alienation from your perfect self. So that you don't know who you are. You don't know how good you are. Which brings us to another very dear, very powerful and maybe daring idea. This means that sometimes what's worse, what becomes the greatest sin, is not the sin. Because the sin happened on a level of Yaakov. The problem is, that as a result of the sin, you think you're a sinner. That's what happens. On the sin, you could do tshuva. <laughs> on believing that you're a sinner, on this, it's very hard to do tshuva. 
Because this, you think, is coming from your Yetzirah. <laughs> I did an Aveda, but do tshuva. Ask Mechila. You can do tshuva. So the Chanan Amarbel Esloich is a real thing. It's not a, it's not a joke. You'll soon see how he discusses Boruch HaTashem Chanan. It's not a joke. Do tshuva. But when I think that I'm damaged, I'm a sinner, I'm the, the guilt that sets into my psyche, I think it's coming from the Yetzirah. I hate myself for it. That sin is sometimes worse than the original sin. That's why I said before Slichas, Reb Simcha Binim said, right? What's the Slach Lanu of Inoki Chatanu by Maidav after Yom Kippur? <laughs> How much could people sin between Ila and Maidav? What they do already? Everybody's in a rush, so nobody's talking Bechlal, right? What, 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 what should have it? So it's not a joke, you get up by Maidav Slach Lanu of Inoki Chatanu. Okay, so there's different Pedushim, I mean. Gemara says, Baba Ben Buta. <laughs> he said, uh, he, the question is, do you have to bring a, what do you have to bring a chatas, shmein, a machrus, yem ha Okay, the Gemara discusses it. There's a lot of biurim on this, but Reb Simcha Bindam said, one taish slach lono avinu ki chatanu, what's the chet? The chet is, first the sin, that I don't believe that you really forgave me. I don't really believe you forgave me. I, I don't believe that there's a clean slate. I'm still going back to the damaged version of self. It's like a scratch CD, what they used to call a scratched record. <laughs> you remember? And it repeats the same note. Uh, you're stuck on it. You're stuck. So you have that CD replaying in your, in your, in your brain that I'm a chet, I'm a mistake, I'm damaged. And you have this especially with people who have been, have been through difficult experiences consciously or unconsciously, and they almost can't get out of it. They remain stuck in that space. So that, in a way, becomes even worse than the chet. Why? Because the chet, okay, it, 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 it caused the foot to stumble and fall. But now I think that there's no head anymore. That's who I am. I don't realize, I don't recognize the Yisrael. That's why shuva Yisrael, that's what shuva is. But you know what real shuva is? Real shuva is this. Real tshuva, this tshuva, of course, fixing the Aveda, fine, that's the basics. I insulted you, I go over to you, I apologize. I go to God, I say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I have remorse, resolution, that's halacha of tshuva, the Rambam defines it in Hilchus Tshuva, charat ala'ovar, kabbalah But the, the mohus, the real essence of tshuva, what he teaches is, tshuva yisol Hashem is the real realization that you never sinned. That's what Shuvah is. Shuvah is the realization that you never sinned. What do you mean? You did. No, no. You did not sin. You did not sin. If you were in touch with you, you would have not sinned. The reason you sinned was because you were not in touch with you. If you would have been aware of your Yisrael, if you would be cognizant of your Yisrael, you would never sin. In other words, you never sin. Your Yisrael never sin. You were alienated from yourself. You didn't feel yourself. You had a void. And the reason you have a void is because you don't know how good you are. You don't know how holy you are. You don't know how sacred you are. Of course you need sin. You got to fill that void somehow. Ask any couple. If a couple is having the most amazing, incredible relationship with each other. Amazing. Really fulfilling. I don't only mean it looks good for the pictures. I mean really, really fulfilling. How often do you think there would be betrayal of the relationship under those circumstances? person doesn't have to go anywhere else. Why? Because your, your, your void is being filled. This, this is awesome. It's beautiful. 
The Chet HaEgel happened only because Zem Moshe Ha'ish Lo Yadanu I don't know what happened to my Moshe. He went up to a mountain. I don't have him anymore. Lo Yadanu So now you need substitutes. So in a relationship you understand, if you're feeling the presence of the other person, if you're breathing their ear, if there's a real dveikos, pashtun gashmias, you don't have to go elsewhere. The reason you're going elsewhere is because you're unsatisfied. That's why people always go elsewhere. You have to fill voids. There's pain that you got to dull. People don't like to be in pain. You have to, pain, you have to dull pain. All addiction is based on this. Or bechal habits, whatever they are. Even not addictions, just habits, instincts. It's... You're reacting to danger. You're reacting to a feeling of uncertainty. Temper outbursts, rages. People become what they don't want to become because they are not full. They're not fulfilled. Why are they not fulfilled? Because they don't know how good they are. Because they don't know about their Yisrael. So the real tshuva means realizing that you never sinned. That the Yisrael never sinned. You never sinned. Fakert! You weren't you, that's why you sinned. So Melo, what is tshuva? Tshuva is learning about the you that never sinned, learning about the you that never, that, that never went wrong. That's what tshuva is. Tshuva is discovering that there's a self that was never in a bad space. The fa- and if you keep on talking about what a bad space you're in, that's not tshuva. <laughs> it sounds like tshuva, but it's the opposite of tshuva. When people talk about, I'm in a terrible bad space, I'm so bad, bad, it sounds like tshuva, right? Guilt, it, it, it sounds very Jewish. Sounds very Jewish. Huh? You'll be Michael, but it's not only Hasidim. The Hasidim don't have a monopoly on this. Some other Jews also have guilt, trust me. Not only the Hasidim. Okay, you, you may have an extra dosage of it, fine. It's a Hidu Mitzvah. You know, but, uh, but uh, it's, not, uh, it's not limited. It sounds very chuvadic. I'm bad, you're bad, whatever, all these good, all these, all these beautiful things are meant to inspire people. So they may be meant to inspire people, but the messages people are hearing is often the exact opposite of what real chuva is. Because real chuva means that you're actually not in a bad space. You're in a wonderful space. You're in a perfect space. Now just see that in yourself. Somebody once shared with me something very moving, very deep. They went, they had a lot of emotional trauma in their life, a lot, a lot. Very sensitive, very sensitive and bright soul, spiritual soul. And he went for this very heavy uh, treatment of it. And it, was, it did very well. He had good professionals dealing with it. And at some point they do like a meditation where you meet your inner child the way it was before all the experiences. You know, you try to meet yourself as a one-year-old child, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, before you went through everything you went through, and you try, like, to interview it. Like, you know, what it was like. You know, what, what type of person were you like? Which, if you wish, if I want to make this a contemporary, Yisrael, in many ways, is an inner child. It's, it's an inner core divine child. Kinar Yisrael v'oyhavehu. There's a Shemesh Shmuel who says, uh, I think in Vayigash, Yehuda tells Binyamin, Eich ele el avi v'hanar einenu iti v'nafshoi kshura b'nafshoi. So he says, the Zoyar says, Haneshom nikra nar. 
I can't go to my father and tell him the nar is not with me. And that's when Yosef comes out of hiding. Yosef essentially is the Jew who goes into hiding, right? He puts on masks. He becomes an Egyptian prime minister. Yehuda says, He reveals the Kesher of Binyamin to Yaakov. Binyamin comes out of prison. Yosef comes out of hiding. So anyway, this guy, so in this meditation, they go back to childhood. Mamish, young childhood. I guess it's a whole visual, a whole process. So he told me that at some point, he got very emotional and he started to cry. And he starts speaking to his inner child. And he tells his inner child, I just want to apologize. I want to apologize for abandoning you. I abandoned you. I just, I, I gave you to the wolves. I let the sharks take over. I didn't know better because I was a young kid. I didn't have the maturity, the wisdom, the, the confidence to discern, you know, right from wrong, healthy functionality from abuse and so forth. But I abandoned you. I just let you be eaten up and devoured and destroyed. And he tells me that his inner child spoke back to him and said, I'm actually fine. I was always fine. I was just waiting for you to come back to me. You don't have to apologize to me. I was fine. I went into hiding. I was fine. I'm protected. I'm a protected being. No one, no one abuses me. I'm good. I was waiting for you to come back to me. And uh, this changed his life. Why did it change his life? Because he realized at that point, he didn't have to apologize to his inner child. His inner child was completely wholesome. Yisrael is good. I'm good. Why am I good? Because I was never bad. <laughs> Nothing, I'm not bad. I'm good. I'm wonderful. You're a chelik elikamimal. It's not, it's not a joke. That's what you really are. The problem is you don't know who you are. I was waiting for you to come back. So you say, Shuvah Yisrael, Ad Hashem Alekecha. Not that the Yisrael has to do Shuvah. Yisrael, come back. Let me feel you. Ki. Why ki? Ki chashalta bavina. And the regal stumbled and therefore got out of sync with itself. And therefore, Avoyna kevai. Yisubeni. I told you once a word from Rabbi Yashaber Soloveitchik. I think I told you. It's an incredible rich word. The Gemara says in Chagiga, that uh, Elisha ben Avuya told Reb Meir he can't do tshuva. Why? So the Yerushalmi says in Chagiga, in Bavli, it's Bekitzin, Yerushalmi's Berich, is that he was horseback riding Yom Kippur Shecholi as B'Shabbos. Horseback riding on Yom Kippur on Shabbos. Where? On the Harabais. <laughs> From all places. He chose to go horseback riding Yom Kippur Shabbos on the Harabais. And when he came on his horse, he went by Beis Kotche HaKadoshim. This is after the Churban. He hears a baskel from the Kodesh HaKadoshim, Anyim Kippur. Shuvu bonim shevavim, chutz meyachem. Children, come back. Shuvu bonim, it's a pasuk in Yechesk, we say it in the Ila. Shuvu bonim, we say it in Slichus. Shuvu bonim shevavim, come back children who went astray. Shevavim are, you know, shavav, troublemakers. Chutz meyachem, besides achem. Hashem told me no truth. That's what he said. So the question is, the Klal in Halacha ain't l'chadavar aymet b'fnei ha-tshuv. The Rambam says in Hilchus Tshuv, everybody could do Tshuv, even Menasha, Menasha Melech Yisrael killed Yeshaya, could do Tshuv. Suddenly here there's a man who can't do Tshuv. 
Matnazach. Why? Everybody could do tshuva besides Elisha ben Avuya. One Jew in history is off, off limits. The Shalot Haka writes that he shouldn't have listened to the Basra. Because the Gemara says, Kol Whatever a Balabayas tells you in the house, you have to do besides if he tells you to leave the house. You come to somebody's house, you listen to the host. If the host says leave, you don't have to listen. Elisha ben Avuya, he has to listen to whatever Hashem says. The moment Hashem says, say, I don't want you. Get out of my house. Chutz he says, I don't have to listen to you. Shalaz vort. Get no small vort. Shalah kadosh. But this is a shayla. But that's what he should have done. But how can the baskel even say this? So some of Farshim say, Eimashkichim b'baskel, Tarelay b'shamayimi. All nice and good, but how could the Baskel say it? Baskel's not a sheker, it's a Baskel from a titus, it came from Kedush HaKadosh. Yosheber said, Azayim, the Yerushalmi, the story is a drop different than in Bavli. In Bavli, in Chagiga Dav Tesvav, it says, Shuvu Bonim Shevavim, Chutz Me'acher. In Yerushalmi, it says, Shuvu Bonim Shevavim, Chutz Me'alisha Benavuya. So what did the Baskel say? Did the Baskel say everyone is welcome besides Acher? Or did the Baskel say everybody is welcome besides Elisha ben Avuya? And why did the Chazal make that distinction in Bavli one version, Yerushalmi another version? Halachik Bavli. The Baskel said, Shuvu bonam shevavim chutzme Acher. That's what it said. What he heard was, Shuvu bonam shevavim chutzme Elisha ben Avuya. What the Baskel was saying is, Elisha ben Avuya, of course I want you to come back. You're my child. Shuvu Bonam, he's talking to him. You're my child. Chutz me'acher. I don't want the acher. The acher in you I'm rejecting. Take your acher and leave it outside. Leave it chutz. Your perception of yourself as an acher, as a foreigner, as an alien, as, a, as, as an intruder. That I don't want. That I reject. But that's not you. You're my Ben. You're my child. Of course I want you. Shuvu Bamim. You're my child. Chutz Meyacher. Let go of your Acher. Let me tell you your story. You're a child. You're a good boy. You're my kid. Elamai, one day this, this black cloud, this Dibuk, as he put it, this Schwarze Dibuk, set into your psyche and you decided that you're a, you're a min, you're an apicotus, you're an alien. You became an accomplice to the Romans. But that's not you. You're a ben. That's what the Baskel said. But what did he hear? He heard something else. He heard shuvu banam shayvavim chutz me'elisha ben Avuya. In his mind, Elisha ben Avuya and Acher became synonymous he was the Acher. There was no distinction in what there was no Elisha ben Avuya and Acher. Elisha ben Avuya was the Acher. I am the Acher. There's no Acher in me. That is who I am. I am damaged. I am scarred. I am abused. I was molested. I was wounded. I am the sinner. I. The moment that happens, he extricated himself from redemption, from healing. Because what what, what, what somebody says to you and what you hear them say to you is not the same thing. Never the same thing. That's a big klal in life. What you say and what your wife hears you say, it's never the same. What your wife says and what you heard her say is usually not the same. Ask. You'll see. What did you mean? You'll see. It's the exact opposite of what you thought. That's the klal in life. 
very lucky couples who have such communication that what he says she hears and what she says he hears. Most people, they can't hear what the other person said. What they hear is what they want to hear, what they're capable of hearing, based on their own stuff, their own issues. The Gemara says, Hashem tells Bilam, no, no, then suddenly, yes. What you want to hear, that's what you hear. You want to hear yes, says Ozaina, yes. What he heard was, So what's the essence of tshuva? The essence of tshuva is to be able to hear there's a baskel. And the baskel says, you're a child, you're Yisrael, you're not, you're not a sinner. Ah, you have an acher? You have an acher. But the whole reason you sinned is only because the acher in you, it's not you. You never sinned, you're a ben, shuvu bonim. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.